it's not all it's cracked up to be. How do we really talk about the American dream? If you had the choice to go back, so, and tell your mom through, I don't know, like, your fetus version of yourself, <laughs> would you have told her to, to come to the U.S.? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Leftover Thoughts. We're so happy you joined us on episode six. And we're here to talk about the elusive American dream. So, Sylvia, did you watch the Oscars the other night? I didn't. I did watch the highlights and found out who won. What were your, some of your reactions? I mean, like, it's obviously was a super... I loved everything everywhere all at once. There was just, like, one mm. part that I didn't know how to feel about, which was just... This one part of Kihiguan's speech when he said that this was the American dream. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This, this is the American dream. What did you think about that? Right. I mean, obviously, love Kihiguan, love the movies, and I love that it is a movie highlighting an immigrant woman, especially an immigrant mom, just trying to survive in all the barriers that we know a lot of immigrant families face in the U.S. But yeah, I think that's something that came to mind too, where, where it's like, it's historic, but in these moments, I'm always wondering why it took so long. Right. Is it really something to celebrate that it's taken this long for the second woman of color to win Best Actress at the Oscars? Yeah, and also like all this time, Ki Hui Kwan was struggling in the Hollywood industry. I remember seeing a clip where he was like uninsured mm -hmm. for a bit of time. So I called my agent. Wow. And I said, can you please get me anything? It doesn't matter. I just need to one job to make the minimum requirement so I can qualify for health insurance the following year. And I could not get one single job. And sure enough, 2021 came and went, lost my health insurance. I was wow. so nervous. And I'm just and, thinking, uh, thought, where you know, was Hollywood during that time? Right. And like he faced such systemic like exclusion from the film industry for all this time, where it almost feels like bittersweet that it took so long. He suffered so much just to get here. But not to obviously take away from like, this is such a big moment for him. And I'm really glad that it feels really cathartic for him. Yeah. And like all of the Asian American activists that I follow on Twitter were... <laughs> Also, just equally kind of tripped up about it. Like, some were like, let him be happy. And some were like, he should have known better than to say that. But, you know, I will probably never win an Oscar in my life. So I'm not going to pretend that I know what I would say 100% if I were to win a trophy for this, like, incredible acting performance that he did. So I have mixed thoughts, as you have as well. Never say never. I mean, you're still young, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, but I guess, like... As like immigrant myself, and I don't know if you relate coming from an immigrant family, I think it's easy for us to see how the American dream can be flawed or it's not as his promise. I'm just thinking going back to our parents or our homeland, we see how inequality, you know, just like this selling the idea that you can find always a better life in the U.S., um, but then in reality kind of a lot of time bringing these immigrants to the U.S. just to do work that no Americans want to do mm. or, you know, exploit these like immigrant labor is kind of a trend we see. I, I guess sometimes I feel like I'm trying to like preach to people who believe in the American dream by saying, hey, like it's not what it seems. 
But I think I also have a hard time, you know, telling telling people who are in Taiwan outright that, hey, like, don't come to the U.S. Like, there's nothing that's there where, like, oh, you're going to suffer, where there's、mm. struggle. And I'm just having a lot of complicated tension in really navigating that. Like, how do we really talk about the American dream? Because I feel like the discourse can be kind of limited. It is complicated, right? We're gonna try to unpack it a little bit in this like semi-planned, semi-stream of consciousness conversation that we're about to have. So, welcome to Leftover Thoughts. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm looking at the Cambridge Dictionary, and how they define the American dream is this ideal in which. The equal of opportunities available to any American, allowing the highest aspiration and goals to be achieved. So, for me, the American dream is defined as a component where、um, it's the driving philosophy, motivating people to go through a lot to move their whole family or themselves to the U.S. because this is the land that's like paved in gold. And once you get here, you can really be able to work hard and achieve anything you want. Right. I would say that that's how people see it. It's kind of like a way to solve a lot of problems for yourself that exist in the "quote unquote" third world that you currently, or that your family and you and yourself currently live in. It's like the alternative. It's like the success story. You know,、mm. I think that's like how it's interpreted by a, a lot of people. Yeah, and I guess like for you, John Ray, like what do you think about this? I think my thoughts on it mostly are just like I understand where it comes from. Being in pretty good connection with my friends and family in the Philippines, who have like never left America, and like Philippines itself is a pretty Americanized country, so the concept of America is prevalent. People speak English for the most part. There's American products everywhere,、mm. so like Americanism and being being American is like not at all a foreign concept to them. So there's like an understanding that America has this thing that is. Obviously connected、mm-hmm. to wealth, you know. So I understand where it comes from, I guess. And I, I feel like that's kind of the complicated thing, where it's like this American dream is not constructed because that's the way how the world was since the inception of human creation. But it's like there's this history of American imperialism and like colonization in the Philippines, where just like the imperialism, where they flex their power, where now the world economic system is that you are in America, you just. Have access to so much more resources. The people who are being like drawn to America, like I feel like there's kind of a relationship of exploitation there.、Mm. What's like the term on like you have like some sort of like double-edged consciousness, or you just have like a a, a mindful awareness? <laughs> I guess you could say, like I have a mindful awareness of American imperialism and like the influence of America in the Philippines, so I can like see. Where the American dream comes from, whereas like from the other side, my relatives, I would say, don't really understand that relationship and just kind of like accept America as like this greater power, you know. And like, I, I, it's not their fault at all. It's just like it just wasn't educated, or it just wasn't that knowledge wasn't passed down to them. They just learned English, you know, and like they just buy American products and like they want American products, you know. Like it's so like there's like a weird like stream of consciousness that we. Me and you, from like benefiting from the American educational system, ironically, have that my relatives and I assume your relatives maybe don't have. Yeah, and then I guess like I think that's why I think about a lot. It's like a lot of this like critique 
of the world systems comes hand in hand with certain privileges. Like you almost have to have those privileges to be able to like engage mm-hmm. with these ideas. And I don't know. <laughs> how do you make sense of that? Like how do you bring that information and interact it with like all your relatives? Right. Like do do you feel like you've had those conversations since you've been in Taiwan with like your grandma and like with your friends? Yeah, I feel like a little bit. Like I do like go talk about how like there is a difference about being in a society as a minority versus a majority. In Taiwan, if you're like Han Chinese, you're pretty much the majority and it's like I feel like for the past few months I've been living that life. I could feel the difference and I think a big part might be also because like when I went to the US, it was during elementary school and it's a very formational years of my life and I think as a child when you're growing up with like a new thing range from like blatant racism to just like being very like conscious of your difference i think it affects you like psychologically in some ways and i think those things um aren't as considered when you talked about like going to america and taiwan people can just think about oh like, getting the education oh the struggles of maybe you know getting a citizenship but it's like there's so much like nuance to life in america it's not that i'm not like i think i make it very clear it's like i could tell that this experience has gave me so much like just having an american passport I think allows me to have a lot of tangible access like you know the passport lines like they will have like separate lines for like american passports like japanese passports mm-hmm. and then like if you have other types of asian passports you go on that other line that it's like a little longer cuz they don't like trust you as much or whatever like that um things like that um like it definitely gave me a lot of like access and privilege but at the same time it's like it's not all like shiny right yeah and then also there's it's just hard to communicate the experience to someone who's never been to America but has like a sense of like America and like what it is and what it might mean for them you know like you want for me I want to be able to communicate that and I want to like I want them to know like it's not like everything you you think it is and like it's not all it's cracked up to be but for some like sometimes like the reputation just kind of trumps like everything else you know so it's just it's complicated yeah it is complicated yeah let's see if our friends have any <laughs> any helpful points here for us yeah any helpful thoughts um so we did a poll a while ago cuz this episode has been in the back burner for a bit but um we did a combination of like two sets of questions really talking about the american dream and um one set of question is in english and the other side was in chinese cuz a lot of my friends speak chinese and we just want to see you know if there's any difference in response or just like generally where people are coming from when they think about the american dream so um the first question was really for people who live in america and we said do you believe in the american dream and 75% of people said they did it mm Yeah, but then also like I guess the people that we are all friends with come with a similar education background as us. So, maybe not. <laughs> mm. They're like the haters. <laughs> oh, the yeah, we're the haters. We're the haters of <laughs> the American dream, dream haters. haters. <laughs> yeah, like let's just like read down kind of what were some of the responses. So, there was American dream is possible with luck, um the right circumstances and hard work. Someone else said The American dream is an outdated idea that has been destroyed by late-stage capitalism and greed. I think it exists as a concept, but it's increasingly unattainable, especially for certain groups. Upward mobility will just not happen in my family because my career path isn't capitalist. 
The American dream only happened consistently in post-war eras and mostly white people. Hyperinflation. And also so many barriers like student loans, the lack of healthcare for Americans. Hoarding wealthy. Visas for foreigners. Generational wealth. All of that makes it hard for people to start from scratch. To sum it up, a lot of the ideas that are presented is just that like there is something you can do in America when you arrive and um, it could it could happen. And some, you know, people, especially back in the you know, European immigrant times, they literally plunder the whole nation and be, like establish a society where, you know, the wealth that they have accumulated from the natives have made them, you know, the the top of this society. But the path is right now, like the concept of the American dream is filled with a lot of barriers because the people who come are like people of color a lot of times, especially like it just really depends on like your circumstances like are you coming as like a middle-class immigrant are you coming as like you know undocumented all these things create different steps of barriers that makes it that the american dream is not a very linear path yeah i mean we had some pretty interesting responses here like one of the ones that stuck out to me is there's so many barriers like student loans lack of health care for americans like i a lot of people in our demographic for sure feel that like that is just the reality of america at this point you know So I definitely understand that, like hyperinflation, someone said, wealthy hoarding, generational wealth. I think that's something, too, that people don't really think about is like when you come to America as an immigrant, for the most part, you're kind of coming with nothing or your parents have come with basically starting from scratch. And a lot of America is built on generational wealth, you know, like that is like a pretty prime example of what makes it so much harder for um immigrants to thrive and like why the american dream is kind of like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's just like while you're trying to buy your first house or you're just like find affordable housing in new york there are people who literally have like houses right and like never have to worry about that which like i think already puts people at such different playing fields especially if you're in the same industry where it's like oh like 30 percent of my wealth does not have to go to rent <laughs> and this there's one other thing on here though that i don't think was mentioned that like i think is a really important thing to think about especially in the context of the oscars do you know what the name of that term is is when when someone survives something and tells you and tells like a crowd of people for example like you can achieve this too but it's like maybe one survivor out of 50. Is it Stockholm Syndrome? No, that's definitely oh. not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. I was like, are you talking about Stockholm Syndrome? Wait, is it Stockholm when, Syndrome? Like Stockholm I'm, Syndrome is like when you're kidnapped and then you like, you for, <laughs> you're so brainwashed that you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then like by the time that you come out, you're like, I love my abuser. Like, <laughs> Wait, is that what it is? Maybe I don't think that's what I was thinking. I don't, I don't think that's what you were thinking. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's... um. Almost like taking one success and forgetting about like the hundreds of thousands of like non-success stories that existed for this one anomaly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like for the one Oscar winner, Kihi Guan, or I guess two that night, like for the two Oscar winners that won that night, there's probably like thousands, maybe like even millions of like Asian actors and actresses vying to be cast in a movie like everything everywhere all at once you know which from what i understand from the interviews and stuff i felt like they really had to like be creative about the funding and like to get the movie together you know so like they they scored they scored the jackpot because they were cast in this incredible movie but it doesn't mean that that the american dream is generally like really going to happen for everyone it just happened to 
these two incredibly talented people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of me is always the world like getting better or is it like a moment when Asian Americans are being really like highlighted? Yeah. But I think it's like there is some kind of momentum in making things a little easier. But mm. it's like I think people for don't really know the scale of what is what are we trying to improve, which is a lot of being invisible, like put as like invisible labor seen as other and like really like facing certain exclusions, the whole history of that, which like I think every time when there's an achievement, it's easy to forget, like, what is it an achievement from? It's from like a lot of stuff, a lot of shit, that, like a lot of people are still currently dealing with. I mean, I, I just know so many people who are really skilled, like, you know, people with like college and graduate degrees come to the U.S. to get like, you know, their tech degrees or their degree in something very like highly specialized. But because they are unable to get the visa that allowed them to stay, they're literally like working for employers that are like dangling the green card in front of these people and then being like exploited for something like 10 years, like just working a job, not getting the raise that they're supposed to get, like stuff like that where like and then. I see a lot of these people just like go back to, you know, Taiwan or wherever they came from and feeling kind of defeated <laughs> in like this whole whole journey. And I think it's like things like that, that we don't really see as much. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and I think it's like by the end of the day, like I know so many people still want to come and I. I, I was curious about that. So we did a little Chinese poll. Uh, these questions were for non-U.S. residents. And we asked, would you want to move to the U.S.? And the answers we got were, were kind of surprising, too. We had 64% that said no and 36% that oh. said that they wanted to. Is this the same people that, like, responded to the first one generally? Um, No, it's it's probably a different group because um the people who answered in the first one were all, like, U.S. citizens or people who are living in the U.S. Oh. And then we asked also people who aren't, like, if they would want to move to the U.S. Interesting. What were the reasons? So for the people who said that they didn't want to move to the U.S., um, somebody said, after I worked in China for some time, I lost all desires to pursue an American life. Um, I think she was from Taiwan, so it's considered a kind of a hustle move nowadays to find a job in China because there's just like so much more like, oh. new industries and whatnot. Is it really? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, now because of COVID, not so much, but I think a few years ago, that was kind of the trend because... There's just so much more money there to be made, I guess. Wow. I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, I guess like before it was like more like Hong Kong. But I think as like Hong Kong mm. kind of got swallowed up by mm. China, I think a lot of that just became the trend. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Someone else said, no matter where I go, I still think my own home is the most comfortable. That's just like nice. <laughs> Aw. And then the next one is similar. It says like, I don't want to go because my family um, is all here. Someone else said, nah. It's too inconvenient. <laughs> and then so for the people who said that they do want to go to U.S., um, somebody said, I want to go to U.S. because the society seems more free. It feels like the possibilities are endless. Mm. I am not hopeful for Taiwan's future. The politics, economy, high housing prices, and just inflation in general. All this seems to lower the quality of life here. The weather is drier. And someone was just like, I can't answer all this in one sentence, which is fair. This is why we're talking about it. In this podcast. Yeah. I feel like what kind of stood out the most is people that said that like all their family is there. Because to me, that's beyond like the opportunity and stuff. It's just like really hard to be like so far from family. Mm -hmm. If I were to like have some agency as a child <laughs> in my mom's belly, I would 
that's like the one thing I would say to maybe urge her to stay in the Philippines if it made sense. It's just like it's you know, all of my like most immediate family members are there and I'm here. Mm. But what's that out the most to you? Like I think home is underrated. <laughs> Almost like when you lose it, mm. then you realize how much it mattered. And I feel kind of sad sometimes thinking about just like there's so many so many countries where the trend is to get out of here. Even like people who are from a small town, like the 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 you know general trend is like I'm gonna go to a big city and make right. a living for myself. But why is it that society is structured in a way where we're also compelled to like leave like home? I feel like is something that in some really like romantic way I was so nostalgic about like the idea of having such roots like having like you said like family my sister's getting married and I was freaking out because I was like oh my god I'm gonna have more family than just my immediately family here and it was <laughs> so odd because I'm so not used to that when I think about it too sometimes I'm like we really were like not even in, like more than or less than like 200 300 years ago like we weren't even moving around as much as mm -hmm. we are in the past like couple of centuries that we've been living you know the humans did not like up and move their lives like in the like rapid amount of time that i feel like we have in this century so like this i feel like this concept is still being studied like the effects of displacement and everything is is still like to really be seen mm. There has to be some sort of like intergenerational trauma study done there. I mean, like some things that I feel like I've seen is just the very like simple thing of the immigrant children having such a different, I guess, like culture in some way or just like way of living than their parents and like being not able to communicate either via their language or just like their how they see the world, whatever the com collective mindset versus the individual mindset. And it really like bring rupture to a lot of families. No, I feel that. So, after all this, <laughs> if you had the choice to go back, so, and tell your mom through, I don't know, like, your fetus version of yourself, <laughs> would you have told her to, to come to the U.S., knowing all that you know? I don't know. Like, I know we planned to have this discussion of this question, but it's so hard. I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, how about you answer first? <laughs> oh, it's just hard because now I'm fully adapted. Okay, the other part is too, is like, you know, I am a queer specimen. <laughs> so <laughs> The way you said it. <laughs> and the current president of the Philippines is an absolute, like, fascist. Right. So knowing that I'm actually, like, maybe I should just tell my mom to <laughs> keep doing what she's doing. So that kind of changes things for right. me. But I feel like you like Taiwan genuinely. I think there's a part of me a few years ago that would be really upset and wish that I just didn't have to go through like this because I just had so much stuff to work through from my childhood. Like everybody does. It's not more significant than anyone else. But I think I just realized how much, um, I guess, like moving to the U.S. has impacted me and like, you know, like things most like tangible, like my self-esteem or just like being able to like go like unpack a lot of that. And I think that made me really angry because I'm like, oh, why? Why is it that like marginalized communities have to go through that versus like there are some people like my peers who didn't were marginalized communities like they have their other sets of problems, but not this kind of this kind kind of like sucks a lot. 
<laughs> I don't know, maybe like mm, kind of just yeah. me and my deepest lows. Um, but I, I think like right now I feel pretty at peace with, you know, my life trajectory. Like I'm able to see just so much like good that come out of it. Or I think on the surface level, like I can see how this experience has like gave me certain privileges that like I really didn't know how to deal with. But I think right now I'm in a stance of like if you have it, like own up to it and then like not be an awful person with your privileges, you know? Mm, snaps to that. Yeah, so, like, that's something that I acknowledge. But then also, like, I think the journey was really not saying, maybe am I to have Stockholm Syndrome where I'm just like, you know, like, I went through this. <laughs> but it, like, made me who I am. And I'm not going to be, like, mad about who I am and, like, the experiences I went through. Yeah, it's it's not, like, an easy answer because you're essentially re thing you're resetting your entire life in this question so i don't have an answer for it either so i i get you yeah i guess like my biggest like takeaway is just like warning against over glamorification of the american dream because mm -hmm. i think it could go really bad like it could be you maybe severing your ties with your you know your family your heritage your culture and then if you like the whole family comes there's a chance that your whole like family is just going to shatter like and carry generational trauma that might take generations to undo of just resentment and it really is like a survival mindset you know like you had to go through so much and like um there is a cost it's like it's not you know like free money from the tree like you have to pay something to go through the american dream and like do you want to pay that do you want to go through that like that's something that sincerely needs to be considered very deeply when you make the decision right or you could become an Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So th that's like on one hand, there's like that cost. But on the other hand, it's that I don't think it's as grim as a lot of times Asian Americans may feel. Um, I Not saying that your feelings don't matter because it's it really feels it's sucky. But at the same time, it's like I think being able to come back to Taiwan and seeing how everything is, it's like it's more complicated than that. And like um, it's okay sometimes to kind of see the blessing in disguise not because the american mm. system is like great it's more of the matter of like you deserve to feel like at peace with like all the turmoil that you might have gone through because of this american dream and like just enjoy some of the fruits that exist and like make it that mm. it's like a net positive for you even if it doesn't feel that way always look at the positive <laughs> right so I mean, I would say mm -hmm. always, but yeah, just <laughs> not getting bogged down by like all the meta stuff and just smell the flowers. <laughs> right. Smell the flowers. And that's a wrap. To be part of our future polls, you can follow me on Instagram at silly with a Y underscore Sylvia and John Ray at John Ray Serapio. We'd love it if you can leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast. Special thanks to Stacey Wong. And thanks, y'all. We'll talk again soon.